Good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I'll just do a quick sound check. If um, Okay. Welcome to tonight's session, those that can do. And tonight we're talking about trading psychology. We'd originally organised the session uh, around Ivan interviewing me and then as we were talking, we had a few requests from people recently around trading psychology, maybe um, feeling tender after coming through uh, some pretty big vol uh, in March and early April. Um, and so we thought, you know what, it's probably a good idea on this session to talk about something that um, is key to your success as a trader. I mean, um, there are uh, uh, lots of statistics that people like to, to, I don't even know how these stats really work, you know, it's 75% psychology or 70% psychology or whatever it might be. It, it's obviously it's a very, very important part of um, what make, it is core to what someone makes someone successful as a trader. And if you don't consider it, if you don't manage it, um, or you're not built in a way uh, that makes um, what we do uh, possible for you to manage your emotions and and your mindset, then you're not going to make money as a trader. It's as simple as that. So anyway, that's sort of broadly what we're going to be talking about tonight. So thank you very much to everyone uh, joining us. Um, Ivan, how are you going? Good, good, good. I think that, uh, you know, one of the interesting things, and this is, you know, for anyone who's been sort of... Um, uh, We've, we've sort of preempted this session a couple of times and uh, initially, yeah, it was about trading psychology and was being interviewing Patrick and we sort of thought that we'd, we'd probably do the interview at a later stage in time and um, because because <laughs> we both have a lot of opinions about it so we thought that it probably wouldn't do, do it justice. But one of the things you were saying, you know, um, we've spoken about this quite a long time ago and we haven't spoken about it um, for a while, but really... Um, I think it was one one of the one of the Thursday webcasts that we do. We were talking about how our trading has attributed to our success in business, ultimately, um, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting. So, in, and you know, so obviously, you know, seventy five percent, ninety percent psychology, one hundred percent psychology, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, we we know that it, it's important, and we know it's important because um, these are the exact reasons why we've been able to make a quick decision in our business lives that would um, potentially uh, be something that non-active traders wouldn't be fast enough to make. Um, and, you know, there's obviously, you know, we, we have bad decisions and, and good decisions. Um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I think that that capability of making a quick decision on the spot and trusting your gut is something that is ultimately trained um, through, you know, making 100 decisions in a day. Um, so, yeah, psychology is massive and it has ramifications. Trading psychology has ramifications across um, everything that you end up doing in life and almost rewires you um, to think differently to, you know, normal human beings. So yeah. I know something that my wife hates about me, but anyway... <laughs> Well, you know, the I think, um, and, and we should share our webcams for this session. Um, sure. I will get that on. We've been told when we do these sessions because we talk, but there's not a lot of slides that um, we should turn it on. So I'm, uh, hello, mate. Um, so we, <laughs> I'm this, is, this is the first time I've seen you in about three weeks. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, no more beard, hey? 
No. Oh, yeah, look, you know, I shaved this morning. Tomorrow I'll be back. Mobile <laughs> picture. Hey, I should just do housekeeping matters. Um, yeah. Uh, any advice contained in tonight's presentation is general only. It doesn't take into consideration your personal circumstances. You need to decide for yourself whether it's appropriate for you. Past returns, not an accurate indicator of future returns. And uh, trading is a, you know, it's a risky business. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to lose money. It's as simple as that. So you need to uh, you need to practice, and we'll be talking about some of those things tonight. And it doesn't matter what you're trading. And Ivan and I both, we I, I trade uh, a bunch of different things. Um, we talk about options trading all the time, but, um, you know, uh, I trade equities quite actively, unlisted equities. Uh, I'm in positions as an investor. Sometimes I'm in there purely as a trader and, um, you know, uh, it, it is something that, um, you know, you've got to invest in doing things properly. And I think tonight's conversation is one that um, what makes trading so interesting is that the stakes are high, right? Um, and I, I look, for me, what it means for me and, and, and how, how, how it fits into my life, it's just something that I get an enormous amount of pleasure out of. Uh, love talking about keeps me actively engaged in the markets, which is where I've chosen to spend my time working as well. Um, so it's all pluses for me being involved in trading. Um, but what makes it interesting is that you actually get to make a decision where you benefit from that and you can make money from it. So if I had another hobby like building building <laughs> trains or something, I don't know, um, you know, at the end of it, it's something you could be interested in, but with trading, it's something that you can you can read about, you can discuss it with your friends and fellow traders, and then when you do it, you get to make money if you're successful. Um, mm. Who could think of anything that would be more more fun than that? Um, but it can also be a very very um, uh, it can it, it it can cause people a lot of pressure, stress. Uh, it can cause loss of money, which has other impacts. Uh, aside from just the stress of going through something where you fail like that, lose the capital that you put into it. Um, and what dictates your success more than anything else is how you manage your mindset and your approach and your psychology. There's nothing else. Mm. Um, now, I think, um, Ivan, this crazy large screen that I've been using on the last couple of webcasts while I've been down the coast is impacting the layout um, of this slide, but all the sessions that we run on Spotify, they're also on Reach's website. And so if you ever want to go back, we have a whole bunch of different presenters. Tonight it's just Ivan and myself, but each week we, we have, if this is the first time you're coming to one of these things, we either have a professional or a private trader or an industry professional. We've had market makers. The ASX have spoken on this event numerous times. Um, we've had some of the biggest traders in the country. And then we've had a lot of people that, uh, you know, um, trade their own account and do it well and might be full-time, might be working, uh, and come in and share some great insights as well. So if you want to go and look at and listen to any of those sessions, um, you can go to those that can do um, and, uh, and got, yeah. I'm going to just, you know, uh, we've got um, a whole heap of content to cover. Um, we've also got effectively a whole heap of slide deck 
uh, you know slides that we can talk to, which we we probably yeah. um, you know uh, I don't know if we're going to get to them or not. Um, probably should do them at some point in time anyway. But uh, just, just before we do go, I mean, ultimately, this obviously was going to start as an interview of you um, because this is something that you're super passionate about. Um, and I think that you know me, obviously knowing you quite well, um, I know that you do a whole heap more than just options and, and they form sort of a, a smaller portion of, of a much bigger pie than, than you would otherwise. But, mm. um, and ultimately that's probably turned you into a much more patient trader than ever before and much faster to get out as well, which I will keep hammering in you. But tell me something, so how, how did you actually get into trading? Because I don't think a lot of people know this. And, you know, what was yeah. that turning for you? Um, I got into uh, trading um, when I was early 20s, like early, early 20s, and I got um, my first office job, uh, which I'd started a business for myself when I was 21. Uh, I, 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 have I told you this story anyway? I, I won't bore everyone with it. Um, but <laughs> maybe I, story, right? I probably bored you with it before. But um, I started in business for myself, incredible, like straight out of uni, worked for a little bit and then started a business and then went, wow, that was way harder than I expected. Um, it would be much easier to get a job. And um, the, the company that I worked for had a couple of guys in there that were trading options all day long and basically all they didn't. And so I, I was kind of looking in at what they were doing and really attracted to it and eventually opened up a trading account and, and traded myself. Um, and the company that I was working for in financial services, but they weren't, you know, a trading broking firm. Um, and I just, at that time, there was a company that um, called Sanford Securities over in Perth that was owned by IWL. Is that the right one? IWL? Yeah. Um, I think it was at Sanford. So, um, so my sales guy was, was running the private client services there. Right, okay. He, he was, that was so, his big... Yeah, interesting. Anyway. Okay, well, if that was... You, you would have nearly crossed paths with... 18 years ago. Yeah, yeah. He was there. Right. And, and so I white-labeled Sanford Securities for this business and opened up a trading uh, business. And that was my first real got into um, uh, financial markets. So it wasn't quite in business for myself, but um, started calling the shots. <laughs> And I did that for a little bit, and there was a there was a period of time where a, a mentor of mine suggested to me that I should go back to uni, and um, and given that I was enjoying, I got into financial markets by mistake. My qualifications weren't quite up to scratch, and suggested I go and do uh, my masters. And um, when I did that, um, uh, the guys that were working for owned another business, and they said to me, "Look." Put that on hold for a period of time. We've got a trader that's coming to join us. He ran um, one of the bank's fixed interest departments. Um, you know, you can sit there and be, he can mentor you. And I just thought, look, this is a dream. Um, and so I took that role and got lumped in his office one day. And this grumpy, cantankerous, um, not that old at this point in time, person uh, uh, sat opposite me and goes, well, you can... All right, so your job is to run this book and my job is to do a whole bunch of other stuff that's got nothing to do with why I was brought in 
to this business. So <laughs> he sat there and started wheeling and dealing and um, uh, doing other stuff, which is fair enough, actually, I'm being facetious, and, um, and handed over the reins, but started teaching me how to trade and giving me advice based on his experiences as a trader and lots of his um, lots of his his old sayings um, you know have stuck with me long term and in terms of cutting through the bullshit seeing things for what they are and um, you know you know and and so that was a really that was a good experience for me and and I sat there and I traded warrants all day long and the, mm-hmm. we'd been picked up this this option this warrants book that the guy that was running it before us, I don't, you know, I think um, he might have got taken out in an underworld hit or something like that. It was some shady stuff going on with this option. And uh, so I, that's what I did. And it, it, was, it was an awesome experience. So I um, was full-time trading and I did it for a period of time. And um, after a period of time, I got, uh, we actually liquidated the book and used the money to go and buy a funds management company wow. on behalf of this business. So it was a real, um, and then, then I entered into the funds management industry, uh, riding on the coattails of this, this other person and, and, and went into help start up a funds management business from there. And, and, and off I got, and I stepped out of my trading role, uh, for some time. And, um, uh, but there was a, there was a little period of time where, um, I had actually, and it was just before I started this trading role where I went home and with my crappy old laptop back in those days and connected to my terrible modem um, and tried to trade from home. And uh, and, I, and I've never, well, I don't know, I don't know how I felt, but I, I, I felt that if I did it for much longer, I, um, I would have been completely depressed. Um, and I, I, I definitely... Um, I think a couple of things happen which are good for me to be working around other people, and this is important for me to know about myself as a trader. I, I get a lot out of collaboration, and I get energy from being around other people, and I get um, and I I say this in jest, but there's an element of truth to it. Um, I'm embarrassed into action by being around other people and observing their behaviour as well. So I can work from home for a little bit, COVID and stuff like that's fine. Uh, but long term, you know, I like to be in and amongst other people. Um, that's definitely, and it's and it's a really important thing. We're talking about psychology, um, that uh, you are, um, you, you know, that, that you that you understand how you're going to behave. So if your dream is to become a full-time trader, be careful of what you wish for because, I know that if I was a full-time trader at the wrong stage of my life, maybe when I'm retiring or something like that and I've got different priorities, but being a full-time trader could actually lead to me being depressed and unhappy and uh, money would not fix that. You know, uh, I need I need more um, or different things. Um, so anyway, so that, that, that's a little bit about, um, about, about how I got started. Yeah. It's an interesting point that you raise. I mean, trading in itself can be an extremely lonely experience. Um, I've seen a couple of good groups in Sydney, which um, sort of we're hosting meetups, and um, you know, usually you know, sort of split into categories, which I haven't really seen too much in Melbourne. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, COVID makes it even more of a of a um, lonely experience. But I guess people generally, uh, if this period has taught us anything, it's that. 
people do generally like to be out with other people or, or at least amongst other people and, and go to work and uh, although every now and then working from home is awesome because you save on time and money on travel, um, uh, being amongst other people, obviously, you know, you look at suicide rates, you look at domestic violence and all this kind of stuff that's just skyrocketed on the back of COVID isolation and, and you know, I think generally it's people. So I guess the interesting thing is um, have, you, have, have you spent any period of time in your career where you were just solely trading? Um, the only oh, thing I oh, sorry, I mean, and and uh, when I say solely trading, as in, have you have you ever said uh, spent um, a, a period of time where you have just been at at, at home or uh, in an office, effectively, with not knowing anyone around you trading? That, just that little pe- period of time that I mentioned, um, which was probably about a month, um, and that was enough for me to say, no, I can't do it. Um, mm. Found it really hard to get motivated. Um, I mean, I, geez, I, there's, when I work from home during COVID, there are, I'm sure everyone else is the same, my routine goes out the window. I, you know, I, I work crazy hours. I'm like doing like 18 hour days and I literally just work all day. Like, um, you know, and, and, and so the routine, uh, but anyway, the, but, but no, from a trading perspective, I know your journey, I'm very different. You did a, a lot of trading, um, by yourself, um, you, Maybe your old man gave, gave you a bit of company um, when you got started, but you, 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 that was suitable for you, right? That's that suits your personality to an extent. Well, you know what? It's it's I mean, over time my personality personality's changed a fair bit as well, right? I mean, I um I didn't ever think that I was. I, and it's funny, I'm still I'm still not 100 percent sure about whether I'm a social person or not. Um, depends depends on the period, right? Um, you know, I, yeah. I get my periods where I don't really want to go in and see a whole heap of people outside of my family and then there are periods where, um, you know, it, it's hard to get me home. Um, but, um, you know, and, and I've experienced sort of extreme, very extreme periods of both. I, I mean, I found for my trading personally, having people around me wasn't good. Um, I felt like I actually fell into noise and started acting on behalf of, well, I guess, or started thinking of sort of, you know, you, you lose you know, if you know that that super experienced guy sitting a couple of desks behind you is short and yeah. you're long, you kind of start seriously judging your position, even though you may have been, you know, on, on the best trade that, that you, you would have ever been on. So I found that, and that was a big challenge for me. Um, but it's interesting, you know, uh, the trading mentor that I had, you know, you mentioned that, um, you know, you picked up some some sayings and things. I actually picked up some things like, I don't know if you notice, sometimes I, get, I do have got like this weird twitch in my leg where I kind of just like jump on my toes while speaking. I picked that up from him, bastard. Anyway, um, but uh, it's interesting how, you know. Hey, what sort of mentoring was he giving you? Oh, uh, <laughs> 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 we're going to read that in the newspaper. <laughs> I continue. No, Oh, you, you, you know, that was Cardinal Pell. No, um, <laughs> it was it was, uh, it was all very PC. I don't know. It just it was just it was just an interesting dude. You know, I don't know. Um, but it's interesting how how those experiences early on can drive you. And it sounds like so. I, I never actually heard about the first part of what you were talking about in terms of you know how you had your uh, your options. You know, where you sort of you you were trading options straight away. I actually thought. I remember your, your the, the the part that you spoke about was really the Warren side. 
Um, yeah. And I remember you're, you know, you're just sitting there crossing the spread all day long. Um, right. <laughs> the guy got it backwards, but but in terms of, right, but in terms of the, um, but in terms of your options, so, so you did that for a little while before you sort of went into the, yeah. the other elements. And... Yeah, so it, it's funny because I started trading options and. Um, I, there wasn't as much information around Australia. It was like super unsophisticated back then, um, and um, I was doing calls and puts, right, and just trading trading calls and puts mainly. And then someone one day mentioned something buying. about um, buying, buying, yep. Um, yep. And, and and like this is like self taught, um, watching over someone else's shoulder that. Those guys were basically trading calls and puts as well. And then someone introduced the fact that you could do, um, you could sell an option, uh, and I was like, you know, that, you wow. know, yeah. um, uh, you know, sell to open was just that was crazy. Um, and then, you know, looking at spreads and so forth came, um, you know, a little bit later. But I didn't really worry about trading spreads. Uh, I just was purely on the directional side um, mm. and just trading calls and puts. Um, I remember. So I remember when one of the guys that I used to trade with, um, who actually became a really, he went on to become a really, really, really successful trader. Um, actually, I got I should reach out to him see if he wants to come on. Is the man? I, I don't know if you remember. I told you one of the most ridiculous stories that will never be repeated here. That is, that came from that man. Actually, um, about a story in Thailand. But anyway, um, so um, uh, it was. Um, one of the things that was interesting, he was trying to explain to his mum what he did, and she just could not grasp the concept, um, despite having um, a very good education about how you can sell something that you don't own. That was yeah, just something original, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so, it is. so on that on, on that, um, on that front, where are we going with this? Um, the I can't remember. Anyway, uh, so tell me. So uh, we, we had we had a couple of postal postal questions from Sean. So I'm going to ask you a few of those um, sort of as they go on. But uh, in your opinion, and this is you are actually probably the best person um, to ask this question because you've you've spent so much time uh, educating people, and um, you know, and you've seen you've seen people um, go and and you know through all periods of um, of, of the highs and the lows, but what makes yeah. what attributes make a good trader that you have seen? What is common across the good traders? Do the work. Um, so if you're, um, I you know, just I'll choose a random analogy, but you know, if you if you want to go skiing, um, there's a part of skiing that uh, is managing when you're doing, you know. Uh, you, you, you're about to ski off the, the side of something very, very steep, steeper than what you've been skiing on. It's the first time you've been skiing for a while, like, you know, two years or something like that, and um, you're all of a sudden you're not used to the pace that you're moving at and things are coming at you. And so your decision-making is all out of whack, right, and you're much more likely to crash under those circumstances than after you've been up at the slopes for the past week. And now you're zooming around and you're seeing everything clearly and it doesn't feel that fast and you get all the information coming at you and, and so forth. And trading, so like I'm not saying that it's exactly the same scheme by any stretch of the imagination, but I guess the analogy there is that there's capability that will drive 
um, how well you can think through what you're doing. And um, people don't do the work to actually strengthen those muscles so that they can actually make good decisions. Humans mm -hmm. are terrible at observing information and arriving at conclusions. And, um, you know, and I see it um, around me. And, and, like, you know, if I, you know, I allocate budgets in marketing and stuff like that and spend millions of dollars doing things like those. And, you know, the, the observation of information to arrive at a conclusion um, is not something that I think that we are necessarily um, wired that well, or maybe we are wired exceptionally well, but we get reprogrammed, um, you know, from a young age to, you know, with just all these things that are probably useful in life, but they're not that useful um, when it comes to trading. Uh, so what what makes someone successful? Look, there's a whole raft of things, and I, 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 I look, um, uh, I, I'd want to give you a really precise answer if you were going to hold me to account on it, but I think managing your own mindset and uh, is super important. Strengthening your arm or, you know, strengthening the, your, you know, actually learning what you need to be good at and going and doing the work to actually be good at it so that you can make good decisions quickly. Uh, but then, it, then, it, then, then these are, these are, if you don't have an inclination to do the work, um, then you're not going to be a good trader. But my motivation for trading doesn't come from, I'm a I'm a, you know I I basically have got a rule where I try not to do anything I don't enjoy, um, oh. and so I'm doing I trade because I enjoy it. I, I run a business because I enjoy it. I don't enjoy every element of it and the stress and pressure and so forth that I'm prepared to take in my pursuit of doing it. But I enjoy it. That's why I do it. Right. Um, and so I think that other part of trading should be what makes me feel like I've had success as a trader. I think of the, the only reason is because I enjoy it. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do the work. I wouldn't observe it. I would, you know, um, as soon as it got tough, I'd walk away from it and never go back. So I think you've got to have a natural, like if you're, if you're starting out and you're new to trading and you're sitting here and, you do, and you're looking at this thing, if you can find a way to really enjoy it, that's critical of long-term success, I believe. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know you for a long period of time. I know how much you enjoy the hustle um, and, and ultimately the result uh, mm. about. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think that, you know, you can probably speak for that a lot better than uh, than a lot of people. Um, when you, I guess, and, and again, this is, this is an interesting question because of the of the style of trading that you've, you've done has changed dramatically and, and you're not, you're not as active in the market as you would have been in the past now. Um, do you consider when you sort of look through, you know, I don't know, probably about 3 o'clock in the morning when, when you go to bed, um, is there sort of a period where you go in and say, okay, as part of my trading side, what is it that I want to get out of trading? Um, and then broader, um, how does how's that evolved over time? Yeah, it hasn't changed. So the Options trading hasn't changed. I trade other things, though, and the stakes are higher for me when I do that, um, but I believe I have more influence over the outcome. So that's why I put more into that. So with options trading, um, options trading, I renovated my first house when I was, quite, when I was a young guy um, uh, off one, one good trade, right? 
that, by the way, is that, is that your last remaining piece of the the thing that's behind you? Is that still from those days? <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's the, the a story behind the thing behind me, but um, another, for another day. Um, but you know, it's been building, building, building a fence on a house that I might own, or going on a holiday, or paying a deposit on a car, or um, buying my wife an expensive handbag who's got an expensive handbag habit. Um, that, you know, that those sorts of things. I can go. I've been trying. I go. I talk about trading with my wife more than I talk about other things that I do at work. When I'm trading actively, I'm like, oh, babe, we got into a trade today. We made two thousand bucks. You know, in the context of the, the sort of revenue that our business turn over now, it's just like not really a thing, but for me it's a thing. Uh, for, for me, so when we talk about what you want to get out of trading, and I often say this because people come onto sessions and go, why are you working, you're trading, all that kind of stuff. You've got to understand, I have no desire to quit what I'm doing um, uh, to become a full-time options trader, but I love options trading and, um, you know, it's, you know, obviously we built businesses in the options market uh, as mm. well to support other options traders, which means that I feel like I can stand here as a relevant person to discuss it. But, um, you know, there, um, but, but that's just where I come at it from. So, yeah, from a trading perspective, that's still sort of what we're doing at the moment, Ivan. You know, we're struggling time-wise to get set on, you know, fill the trades we want to do and do our analysis and stuff like that. But, um, it, uh, you know, but from a trading perspective, um, you know, uh, I do do, um, I do trade other instruments and, uh, and put some sort of some bigger bucks on those types of things that would, uh, that, that have uh, a, a significant impact on my sort of position. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You have a ridiculous entry record like in terms of timing trades remember i think i've I've made this joke a couple of times that you know if you uh if you take your entries and my exits um (laughs) and we're alive on the trade we would literally be i've always sucked at entries and there's just a comment there before i love trading however it's more difficult to exit a trade than to enter leads to discipline and management of capital emotions are difficult to overcome uh from richard's background and and the interesting thing is is that i find it a lot easier to exit trades, and I, I'm, I'm much better on timing on the exit, and I guess I'm a way up. I actually, I am the guy who would rather go in, um, if in my futures days, I would be a guy who would put in a board position and a sold position, force, force open, so that I'd have a position on the market, obviously net neutral, and that, yeah. that led to better decision-making for me, whereas for you it's the complete opposite. And so yeah. you tend to be like... When you put on a trade, I tend to notice much much closer if I'm already in the trade. Um, usually offside, and you're kind of just yeah, this is the time I'm just going to put it, you know, a sneaky kind of trade on here, um, and then and then and then the next day the thing will happen. So it's interesting. Um, yeah, I think um, that there are certain periods in the market. Um, I've got different ways of trading, but I'll only ever trade one style at a time. Um, yeah, yeah, and. Just, you know, always been the way for me. And that what that means is that there are periods of time where I don't trade at all, trade at all because I'm re, either resetting the way I'm going to approach trading um, uh, or it just doesn't work for me. Uh, and when it works for me, I'm super comfortable on the trades I'm doing and I'll go after them every time. Um, but, you know, there's an element of intuition for me as well in my decision-making um, mm. that, 
you know, yes, I agree, mechanical, you need it, um, and um, but there's always that gut feel factor that um, I don't ever ignore. If I just get a little inkling that something's not right on my entry, I don't do the trade. Uh, once I'm in the trade, I've got to stick to the rules, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, that, that, that is, that's definitely been an element. And I don't resent the trades I don't make money on. If I miss them, I just move on. Um, mm. And so I find it I find it pretty easy from that perspective. And I think one of the things that I was thinking about in in preparation for our discussion today was something that Richard in his question and Richard I, I yeah it's a really good question. Emotions are difficult to overcome. It's the last thing that uh, yeah. So it's the last thing. Uh, emotions are difficult to overcome. So we, we um, so everyone's got different fears, and I mean like. Books like Trading in the Zone unpack this um, in a lot of detail, uh, and they're worth reading. Um, uh, and, and, and there's a bunch of others, but um, I think that we are what motivates us to do things um, and behave in certain ways and have certain attributes that serve these things that service is. Um, uh, you know, that, that are programmed into us from a young age can lead us to do things in a certain way that may be very, very unhelpful when we trade. Uh, or they could be helpful. Um, you've just got to tap into them and, and, and know how to identify what's going on for you um, when you're in the moment. And so, you know, I think that's, that, that's important. I, I, on this slide there, I, I wrote today, and I'm not quoting anyone, it's sort of the stuff that Ivan and I have discussed. This line here is that, you know, we trade for freedom, but then there are no rules uh, or boundaries. However, your success is reliant on these rules and boundaries. So I want to become a trader so I don't have to go to work, so no one's telling me what to do. It, all of a sudden, I become a trader if that's what you want, and all of a sudden you can go and achieve that, uh, or it just on your pathway to achieving it, it's all about rules. It's all about boundaries. It's all about structure. And... Mm. When I go, when you turn up to work tomorrow, if you're allowed to go to work at the moment, um, or next time you can go to work, if you go to work um, and uh, you sit in front of your computer and you turn on your volume, you don't put your headphones in, start having a loud conversation with someone, uh, completely nothing to do with work, on your screen is completely irrelevant stuff, people will look at you funny, right? Um your boss might not say anything to you straight away, but they might give you a look of keep that up, buddy, and you'll have all in the time, all the time in the world to behave like that. And so your behaviour will modify. If I go to my into my um, uh, marketing meeting tomorrow and say, right, we're going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on advertising, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, meet the CEO session uh, in um, the leader newspaper or you know something like that, people are going to go, what the what is this decision that you're making? What is it based on? It does sound strange. Um, mm. and, but when you trade, the only person you're really going to have that conversation with is a stockbroker who makes money out of potentially can make money out of you putting a transaction on or off mm. or rolling or a whole range of things. So may, may cheer on the insanity of what you're, what, what you're projecting back at them. Um, See, the Patrick, when you have that, when you walk into your meeting and you say, um, and it's a funny analogy you made, by the way, because I just had a clean up 
of people that were doing specifically that in the company that I quite. But anyway, um, but you know, if you walk into the meeting and you say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to spend a hundred grand based on your intuition onto this, you know, um, marketing campaign for, for me, the CEO." I don't think anyone in your company would question you because you've got a good track record of it. So, you know, I think that the analogy probably I'm going to to shoot it in the face, but um, in reality, this is something that, you know, you've built a business based on your intuition um, as as have I, and that intuition is trained through trading. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but I look at the data. I always look at the data. I'm a slave to it. Love looking at the data. So, you know, that... Um, and, and by looking at it, um, I see patterns and I see other information that others don't see. And that's by consistently looking at it. Um, yeah. So Sean said that, um, <laughs> uh, no, that's very specific, but um, uh, sounds like patience is a virtue and good forward planning. And there's actually a couple of questions that have that've come through before today um, and also today. Uh, but interestingly enough about, you know, how, what happens if you've got a couple of losses, how do you go about um, managing that? And, um, you know, and, and before Patrick talks about trading systems, because ultimately that's where it all leads, one of the most important things, even if you don't have a trading system, which you should, but let's say you don't, the, the first thing that you, you always, you know, why I'm good at, 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 at exits is that before the trade occurs, I will always go and make, all of the outcomes. So in other words, if the market goes down to this level and I'm long, what am I doing? Am I stopping? Is it one of those situations where I want to continue pyramiding into the trade? If it's going my way, do I want to average down into the trade? And I've had both. You know, there's no, you know, people say, oh, you can do only one or the other. I've had situations where I've had 250 lots of SPY at 25 bucks a tick um, and I've pyramided into trades because the market was so overdone. I did that with crude once, um, and uh, well, more than once, once it didn't really, really didn't work out. But um, and, and, and there's been situations where, you know, crude is crazy, but, you know, you do the analysis, it never drops in more than 20% in a couple of weeks, blah, 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 and you go and say, okay, well, I'm going to get in now, um, put on, say, you know, buy five barrels, and then ultimately another 10, another 20. Um, and, you know, you ultimately start making the decisions around, statistically stuff coming back. Never do that with stock, by the way, because obviously it's fundamental reasons why things are falling um, more than, than commodities which are required, but mm-hmm. unless you look at it. But ultimately, when you talk about, you know, when when you're entering a trade, before you've entered the trade, you've got to know what you take profit is. You've got to know how much you're going to risk and you've got to be comfortable with that risk. If you're saying that I'm going to put 20 grand on this line, 200 grand or 500 grand, whatever it happens to be, you know, you've got to make sure that that's the, the scenario that you're already expecting. The point that you enter your trade, you're going to go on and say, okay, I've lost this whatever amount that I'm going to make or that, that I thought I was going to do. And you say, okay, well, if I'm comfortable living with that and, and you're, you've already sort of psychologically prepared yourself for that particular event and you haven't altered, altered your trading system after that, then you're going to do well psychologically in that trade because you've you've mentally prepared yourself for the worst possible case, and the only thing you can do then is not follow the trading plan that you put in for that trade. And then if you say I'm going to lose, I'm comfortable losing fifty grand on this trade or two grand or whatever it happens to be, and you went into this trade knowing I'm 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 comfortable with this, 
but because my upside is 10 grand and I think that I'm going to do this and I think that there is a scenario. And then get up from your chair, walk out, have a think about it, come back, and if you're still not scared to do that trade, then you've got the trade. And you will never have the situation where it goes a little bit against you and you'll close out or it runs your way and it's kind of a 70% of the way there and you go, you know what, actually, I'm going to change my psychology about it. If you plan well, and it's not even, you know, when we talk about good forward planning, it's not even good forward planning. It's just you've just planned. That's it. And, you know, and Patrick always talks about the, the example of opening up a bakery for whatever reason. Clearly, he loves bread. But, um, you know, open up a bakery. You've got to do the business plan. You've got to know what your outcomes are. If you think about opening up, when people open up a business, the first thing they think about is I'm going to invest 50 grand and I, ne- I may never, ever see that 50 grand again. And then it starts thinking, actually, well, maybe I don't open up the shop in one suburb, maybe I don't in another, maybe I'm more comfortable losing 60 grand there, but it might be a better trade overall. And a lot of the questions of psychology lead right back into this. And then if you've done this, if you've dusted your money on a particular trade and maybe there's two or three trades in a row that you've done this, and we all have these periods where you feel so low, if you've stuck to your guns and you know where you've got the statistical edge, then, you know, we've, we've got slides that are actually in this, in this deck talking about sort of high IV rank, low IV rank and sort of that edge that we look at. You're not going to be in a situation if you've planned every single trade and you knew what you were getting into. You're not going to be in a situation where you're going to end up in like revenge trading or you're going to end up in, you know, in suddenly putting on triple the size after three good trades or whatever else. You just, you become matter of fact about it. And that is ultimately yeah. the most important thing about the trading psychology is the fact that you you don't treat money like money. You put it aside. You, you're, you're willing to accept the loss, um, and then you're just thinking about this. And uh, you know, I think that ultimately you kind of that gets to a really important part of the psychology. So when it comes to like, you know, when people say you know you want to remove emotion out of trading, um, I find that really hard. Uh, you've got to manage your emotions. You can't remove your emotions. It's an impossibility. Right, and so how do I manage my emotions? Well, it's you, you create um, whatever context isn't helping you. You create, you, you come up with a new one. So if you if you look at um, if you're looking at a trade and you're going to put ten grand onto a trade and risk ten thousand dollars, and worst case scenario is you lose ten thousand um, dollars, then ten thousand dollars might mean a lot to you, right? And um, you start thinking about well, I could make five thousand dollars in this trade. Now I'm down 5,000, what does it mean to me? How do I feel about it? But if I'm trading and I've got a trading plan and I know that when I do my trades that I'm expecting that, you know, what, it could be you only get it right two times out of 10, but when you get it right, it's big. Uh, it could be that you get it right a lot more, uh, but the, the, the returns aren't, aren't as big or whatever it might be. But you've got your trading plan and you, you know that if I, I do my job, if I select the trades, and I manage the trades properly, then I will get the results. Um, the money will flow my way. So this trade is just my job. And you go back to the bakery, the analogy that I love so much. If you open um, your restaurant or your bakery on a Tuesday, you might lose money on that day, but you make money on a, uh, a Friday and a Saturday and a Sunday. So in that scenario, you're happy to open your shop because you know part of being in business is having your shop open. Uh, but you don't make money on every day you open it. Uh, you don't go home depressed because you lost money. You look at how you traded over the period of the month, and you've had we've got a great bloody month. 
business is going really well and you live through that paradigm. Uh, and so it's, you, you know, you got to re-educate yourself, be able to manage your own psychology around it, your own emotions, so you can take something that historically losing money bad, <laughs> but, um, you know, on a trade that you're working on, it's your job. It's your job to select the trades that meets the rules. It's your job to, to, to follow your trade management. Uh, whether that results in a win or a loss may require notes that get taken in your trading journal and some reflection, and, but the emotion tied to it is should not be that that's negative. Um, if you play sport and part of playing it is that you've got to, you know, footy players run. You know, I remember playing footy when I was much younger now. You run backwards into a pack, someone's going to come and clean you up, part of your job. You wear it as a badge of honour. Um, and with trading, you know, it's not, you know, I probably would have thought when I was earlier in as a trader, like being, I'm prepared to take a loss and it's something that, you know, defines who I am as a trader. Uh, that was something that that I sort of drummed into myself. Uh, to me now, it's just not really. I, I might access that if I'm thinking about being an idiot, not following my trade management rules, uh, and um, uh, you know, uh, outside of the bandwidth that I, that, that I would give myself when entering into a trade. Uh, but I think just you know, to terms of some of the things that you might go about would be. Um, uh, uh, you know, to, to manage that. It's just sort of resetting how you think about certain things um, so that when you're in the moment and something's occurring and that could be the fear or the emotion or the greed or whatever it might be, usually for me it would be fear. Um, but when I trade really well, then I get this idiot voice in my mind, which is probably more the greed guy coming in, telling me that um, that maybe if I walk across that lake, I'll be able to cover it without any trouble. Um, you know, that, that it changes that, that, you know, those decisions, that other stuff comes in. And, and then I've got to have, you know, other checks and balances that, that come in to remind myself of who I'm not. Um, and or, or, or not for me, it's who I'm not or who I am. And that is someone that if I'm trading and I'm having winning trades, I stick with what's made me money today because that's sensible. And, um, you know, and I sort of have to tell myself those stories. I don't know about you, Ivan, that, but I can, I, can cut, I can cock them for myself um, uh, so I can, uh, you know, re- retell myself, who, you know, how I go about things. Um, and, and, I, and it's a practice that I use in everyday life as well. Um, you know, one thing about this in terms of telling stories is actually quite, quite a good point. It's like, you know, for anyone who's played tennis or golf, um, in particular, um, at least in my experience, you know, at least with with footy, you might have a shitty game, and you know, and your whole team still wins because it was a better team, and you kind of you feel a bit crappy about yourself, but you know, you touched the ball twice and you you contributed, and and you know, at the end of the day, you, you're all you're all happy. With tennis and golf, you don't have that luxury, and so you know, you play the first couple of holes, and you know, you're well uh, below where you're expecting. If you get into the mindset of being um, sort of that, you know, again, that revenge trade kind of mentality and that, you know, I'm having a shit day and I'm going to start, like, hitting the ball harder or swinging it harder, like, if you don't calm yourself down and trade um, or, or, or play almost lying to yourself about how well you were doing, you're going to start doing things that are not emotionally good. Now, obviously, the same thing is, is if you think that, you know, every single shot that you every, – every single – uh, you know, uh, forehand that you hit is going to be a winner and you start swinging back a little 
little bit harder, overconfident in your abilities, then you're also going to start, you know, well, unless that one game that Agassi played against Drafter, I think it was, where he just hit the corner at a very freaking line. Um, you know, it's it's almost, it's impossible. You're going to start smashing the ball outside of the court. There's, there's, there's a, a couple of um, different ways of looking at it. And um, there, we've had some, you know, in interviewing traders, we've had some interesting uh, approaches from different people. Some people um, look at uh, when a trade goes badly for them, do a lot of analysis around why it went badly. Other people immediately go and look at trades that they did well mm-hmm. and look at what they did well and why they did it well and get themselves back into uh, reminding themselves uh, that they are a good trader and that they know how to trade and that they know, know, know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and, and what a lot of people would do is they have a bad trade and you speak to them and they're talking to you about how bad their trade was and about how they really struggle with this and they really struggle with that. And, you know, you've got to acknowledge what's going on there when you're not doing things well, but then you've got to reprogram yourself to say, well, no, okay, I get that. And I've got, uh, I, I could go down that path, but I get to choose how I behave and I'm going to choose to be this guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I think on the psych side of it, that's important that you, um, uh, you know, certainly from, 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 from terms of, um, uh, what I've observed be a way to go. Have we lost the there, Ivan, or are you just um, turned your turned your screen off to go and fill up the glass of wine? Maybe. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no. Almost, almost. I just, I just, yeah, it's fine. Uh, just, I, just I'm, a... on, uh, I'm on dry, dry July, starting as of four days ago. Wow. Um, yeah. Fine. Off All the right. booze until well, I'm in line with this COVID lockdown. Okay, um, six weeks. Six weeks. Okay. The, the last COVID lockdown, I think I put on about seven kilos and um, was was probably what you would classify as an alcoholic during that period of time. <laughs> we all were. Just, just the consistent. I was, uh, yeah. I, I, was to, okay. I was speaking so, to an M&A that you know well and um, the one who was working with, you know, uh, Tim, Anyway, and, and he was saying how uh, he's now subscribed to, like, all of the wine, <laughs> you know, Dan Murphy's, and anyway. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, so, so uh, there's a couple of questions that are, that are very specific towards, you know, um, trading times, like, you know, do you put on a trade at 3.40 on a Friday? Um, and the answer is obviously it comes back to your trading plan and, and, and why you're getting into that. But, um, you know, it's an interesting question. Um, and if something is gaining more than your plan, how do you decide to stay in or stick to plan and quit. And we sort of, we spoke about this, but, uh, you know, I think that there's probably a bit of a follow-up to that that, that you might want to add um, around trade management. Yeah. Um, sorry, uh, someone sent me an email about <laughs> something just <laughs> as you're sort of Are we talking about some losses? Uh, no, no, no. If, if, if someone... Um, uh, uh, sorry, I, I think Nigel, no, I think you said, well, I, I, I lost 2000 last year. I think I deserve a medal. Um, if, if, if someone is gaining more, if something is gaining more than your plan, how do you decide to stay in or stick to plan and quit? So in other words, if something is doing better than you expect, let's say you get into Afterpay 10 bucks and you think that it's worth 20. 
You, do you get out a 20 or do you write it? Um, if you want to um, get an answer from someone that's actually going to help you write it, you're probably asking Ivan, not me. Because <laughs> uh, I know if it's an investment and I'm going to be in there and I understand, you know, the, the, the business plan and I've got, you know, all this other information that might um, help me make decisions about being in there for a long time, then that's different. I'll stay in there. If things are better, great. I'll stay in there longer, I'll, I'll, you know. But if it's a trade, I've got a set of rules and I get super uncomfortable when I'm outside of those rules. So my rules will have stop gains in there and I'll be uh, clearing out of my trades, whereas Ivan's, uh, in most instances, if I'm doing the directional breakout trade, then I'm in there for the ride and I'll just trade the trade. And, uh, you know, that. The only thing that might get me out is that it goes better than I expected, so I don't need to get out. I don't need to stay in it for as long. But, um, uh, yeah, Ivan, what would you say? Dan just asked a really good question, and um, uh, I'm, I'm going to answer it. Yeah, please. Um, uh, when you do break the rules, well, when do you break the rules? Never. Uh, Dan, there is there are times when I do break the rules personally, and, and Patrick will have a known answer for this. But um, I break the rules when something fundamentally changes about why I'm in that trade. And typically, that is a trade that I expected for it to do something, and it didn't do that. And then the the inexperienced trader in me was always the guy who said, "No, nah, it's just it's going to do what it, what I said it was going to do because you know I've got some crystal ball." Yeah. I made a set of decisions about a trade and typically it's a trade that's kind of gone sideways to slightly against me. And in most, in most cases, I will tend to go on and close that position because clearly I'm not seeing the market in the right way. And the reason why I'll do it is because it's an opportunity cost for something else. And so when, if you, when you're looking at stuff, if you, were, if you were not in the trade, then you start looking at things a little bit differently. And if the if you if you get out of the trade, and this is a, uh, something that I think um, from memory Paul Tudor Jones was saying, if you get out of the trade, and you want to get back into that trade in an hour, in other words, you've just cleared up, call it five grand worth of worth of margin, and you go, okay, I've got, I revisit everything, and I go, okay, here's ten ten possible trades. Ninety-nine percent of the time, you're not going to want to re-enter that trade, which means it's, it was a shitty trade to begin with. And of course, there are times when it eventually, you know, eventually does what you expected it to do, and you know, and then you would have made money. And then, you know, again, the inexperienced trader starts hitting himself on the head with it. Um, I, I used to have—I don't know if you uh, can believe me on this, Patrick—but I used to have a terrible temper. Um, and up until about, I reckon, the age of twenty-two, twenty-three, um, like I'd be—I'd be the guy that. You know, on the tennis court, I went for pros in, in tennis. And uh, I'd be the guy that everyone would want to be just because of my temper. Like, I was like the young Roger Federer, except without the skill set. Um, it was just like, you know, and I did not make many friends on the tennis court. Not because I beat them, but because of my rage. And um, and my trading early on uh, was very much, um, it signified that. Um, it was... Um, tennis is a really frustrating game, though. Um, if you've got a temper, it'll come out of you if you play tennis. It, it is one of the hardest. It, to me, it's worse than golf for losing it. 
Don't know if I've lost my sound or you've lost yours there, Ivan. No. Sorry, um, I've got so my just back. So when you break the rule, yeah, that, that's all right, mate. I'll just go. Um, uh, the um, when, when that that when do you break the rules, um, Dan? For me, um, I break the rules uh, when I get ahead of myself, uh, when I'm having a really good run and I haven't had a loss for ages, and then I start being less strict about entry and being more worried about missing trades because I'm associating my trading with making money. So um, it kind of like this, you know, I start thinking, oh, if I do more trades, I'll make more money, right? You know, um, and so, or I might stay in a trade longer um, uh, for a longer period of time than I might otherwise. So, yeah, that, that, that will generally, the breaking of rules will come about from those. Uh, in the past where there have been, um, you know, if, if there'd been, if I, maybe I'd lost money on a trade, the breaking of rules might be on not doing trades that I previously would have done um, that lined up because, um, be, you know, because of um, my confidence. But I think sometimes, you know, in, in trading, confidence is... Uh, confidence and capital. Um, if you lose your capital, um, then um, you know that's one thing. Uh, you can always kickstart a, a trading float again. If you lose your confidence, that's that's something altogether. And with that, will go your capital if you can't get it back because you change the way you make decisions. So um, anyway, there you go. Um, if someone's mentioned sounds going weird. So Bill, sorry about that. We might be. Um, we're probably um, competing with um, Netflix uh, and, um, you know, people turning on their TVs. Um, so, yeah. Oh, there you go. So um, just bring up another slide while we keep talking. Um, let me just go back and see if we answered all this. Is something gaining more than you plan? How? Yeah, I think we've got through most of the questions. I'll just add anyone who... Um, uh, Ivan and I uh, run um, two, two, two different businesses. Um, Ivan uh, owns a company called Tradeflow, which recently bought a company called Open Market. Uh, they build amazing technology and they now are an options equities broker and they are, uh, they are clear, they're a clearer and a participant um, of, of significance. Um, and um, on my side, I have a, a corporate finance business um, we work for a lot of listed companies and managing their capital raising, their communications, and we have a work with venture capital, private equity groups uh, in partnership, um, and um, we do a range of different ra range of different things. And uh, we also have a lot of professional investors that we work with um, that um, we then work with uh, on on deals. We have our own private private equity team and. Anyway, we do a range of different things, and so then that you know, in in my in my day to day activity, um, we we the work that I do in in trading is in partnership with Ivan and Brock, uh, who build the amazing technology that is the implied volatility platform. And that business we started um, with a handful of clients in 2018, uh, late 2018, and uh, it's now I sold out of. In, in to start this, one of the busier options desks in Australia, 
I sold, um, I owned 50% of that and, and another, a couple of business behind, I sold out of that and helped Ivan start the implied volatility business. So, um, and, in, and that is now significantly larger than the business I sold out of and it's grown very quickly because we're there supporting traders and this session is part of that and we do a bunch of other stuff. But if it's something that you're new to and you haven't, you don't use our platform, just type in yes and we'll give you a, a access to our technology and our trade ideas and all the other sessions and education we do. Um, if you're coming out of the options trading game, uh, the ASX options trading game is the same technology that powers the game. So if you want to continue to have that tech and we'll give you the ability to practice we built back testing in there so you can go in and you can test the things that you're doing, which are really critical to your psychology. Um, you want to um, sharpen uh, your tools, go back and back test the previous three or four years, go through all the different scenarios and practice actually analysing the data and then putting the trade on and then try and put yourself in the moment and experience. It won't be the same as trading with money. It won't be the same as trading in the real market. But just go through and try and play through the experience of what would I do and how would I act and what, where would I historically have tripped up and how do I reprogram myself to be the person I want to be. So if you get access to all of that and you don't have access already to it, just type yes into the chat box and we'll get you set up uh, to do that. Um, I'd like to comment there, before, sorry, we had a really weird period there where I reckon no one heard you for about five minutes um, because both of us dropped out at the same time. Uh, yeah. which I think is, uh, is we'll, we'll blame our webinar provider for that. But um comment really early on in the session from Craig was, for a long time I've waited for a platform like Applied Volatility, thank you, uh, and I've never come across one that deals with options in the ASX market. Um, I don't know as much as I would like to, but I really think you have a very unique niche. Um, and then followed up 10 minutes later with a question, by the way, have you thought about more mentor sessions, say in a Zoom call, and talk about certain trades in an interactive environment? Um, and that's partially what we do, obviously, on Thursdays, um, and our traders uh, in Sydney can help on a one-on-one basis, but, yeah. Yep. I think, um, Ivan, we should be getting uh, other traders involved in some of our sessions because there are other people that look at different things in the market to us um, and that maybe Jason could join us on Thursdays or invite during reporting scenes and Brian or even... Mark or, you know, anyone else that would like to volunteer, come and join us and, 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 and um, you know, look, um, you might, don't feel intimidated if you've got something to add, come and join us on a session and discuss your trades and what you're seeing in the market and share with other traders because, like, big thing for us is, like, as we've said, that um, we, we run, we've got businesses and it's just been something that I enjoy. I wouldn't do this session. One of the reasons I do it is that, um, you know, uh, I enjoy catching up with Ivan once a week for an hour uh, on these sessions and having a chat about something that we're both really passionate and interested in and we get to talk to other traders as well. So um, there was a couple of things I wanted to add. There's a book can that I, I read. Yeah. Can I just, just, sorry, just, I, I, just before you say this, it was just really funny. When the internet was dropping out, I did a, I did, I typed in test into Google. Yep. And uh, the first test was speed test. And then after that, not speed as in like speed test as in internet speed test. And after that, every single one was about COVID. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing how um, worried we have become. Uh, yeah. Unless, of course, you're a trader. In, in that case, you're probably just buying after pay. Um, the... What was it? Yeah, a, a good book to read. Um, 
uh, written by uh, Michael Lewis who of Moneyball and um, uh, The Big Short Flash and Boy. Flash Short. Boys. Yep. Um, all good movies and books. Um, uh, Undoing Project is lesser known, but it's my favourite Michael Lewis book and um, one of my favourite books just in terms of thinking about information and how we... Um, it's two Israelis, psychologists, based on their their sort of life work. And the premise of it is just, just basically humans are just terrible at observing information and arriving at conclusions and all of those biases that we form. And um, the first guy that they talk about was an Israeli guy who wrote the um, test uh, for the Israeli army. So it was the interview of who to put in what jobs and who to admit uh, and... They still use that. Um, I'm using the word test. You put that in my mind now. What do you call it? They still use that, um, you know, criteria of testing, whatever, to this day in the Israeli army. And it's been obviously, you know, is seen as one of the, you know, the, the greatest sort of armies uh, on the planet. Obviously, um, they need to be with where they position themselves in. But that the. Um, really really interesting book and um if anyone's looking for some the undoing project uh it's 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 you know you've got to read it you know, you, there's a lot that you can draw out of it in general life and business and so forth but from a trading and, and thinking about how you make decisions and how you view data uh, which is kind of talking to this slide here um is that once you get into a trade once you make the decision that you're doing it random events going to occur, right? You don't have any control over it, uh, you you know, and it, it's, it, it could be the time you win money. It could be the time you lose money. It just, it does, like, if you're approaching it in your mind, you're thinking, well, there's an 80% chance that this is going to be successful. And then when you're in the trade, you're going, hang on, it's 80% of the time this is meant to happen. It's all just unhelpful information. Once you get into the trade, you've got to understand that this is a random distribution that will occur. At this point in time, it's a random event. Can I just um, ask you for a quick... I, am I able to steal your screen just to back up a point um, that you were just talking about, about how bad we are at ultimately making decisions? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, or maybe if you've got implied volatility open um, or, or a charting platform with a volume profile, um, I want to show you, show you something about a company that recently went into... Uh, administration, I think, only the other day, and um, you know, and uh, you know, and, and super, super interesting um, thing happened where um, this, this company was um, Melbourne IT. Ultimately, was 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 the, was the name that everybody knew. Uh, I think there were at one point in time they were treated like the darling of um, of um, market oh yeah. by the way the 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 dark theme that that, that i keep telling you about and, and promising um uh it's a bit, we've decided to delay it for another week till the next release so next thursday everyone's going to get access to a dark theme uh anyway that um it's uh we had some some, some issues around that type in uh wcg uh which is uh web central and the most amazing thing here is 
So that right-hand chart is the volume profile that we were talking about on Thursday. And volume profile shows effectively the price that is done um, or the volume that is done at a certain price. And if you think about volume being done, obviously there's a buyer and a seller at all points in time. So if you look at um, where it's been from sort of 50 cents down to nine over a very short period of time, the company was practically close to bankrupt in July 2019. And at that point in time, you know, the, the price kind of did what it did. March happened, things got worse, and ultimately it was done. Have a look at that last spike right on right on the last two days of its life. People thought it was cheap. People bought it, even though the company was bankrupt. And so all they did, the only decision-making about anybody coming into the stock and saying, you know what, we're going to buy the stock in, in during um, Voltry uh, administration, just like Hertz in US was driven up uh, multiple fold in US by the Robin Hood traders or so-called Robin Hood traders. Um, this is an example of something close at home. And by the way, I didn't look at this example for a long for a long period of time. I just remembered the first stock that I remembered in my mind that I know was listed, and I remember reading this yesterday. Um, this is a, this is the clear example of um, people buying stuff because they think it's cheap, even though fundamentally the stock is in a really, really bad position. So uh, uh, this just backs up really what, what Patrick was saying is that we are so bad at making decisions and so the only way to succeed as a trader is you have to rewire yourself. You know, we've been taught throughout our, our childhood for uh, all these terrible things about money and being nice and all that kind of shit that just doesn't relate to real outcomes and you know you've got to be thinking about these things if, if you're if you're serious about trading you've got to be thinking about this in, in very clear terms which is ultimately if something's going up and you're not a fundamental trader if something's going up and breaking highs you want to be a buyer of that if something's weak you don't want to be touching that whereas what people typically think is they see the big 70 percent off sign and they go this is awesome i want to be a part of this i want to buy this um, and so, anyway, it, it's it's it's. I, I think that that was, you know, we, we're sort of in this period where we can we can look at any given example, and um, you'll you'll find it's actually a good slide just before, but or both of those slides that talk about some of the key points of psychology, you know, um, which yeah, we kind of we, we ran over an hour already, and I, yeah, I feel like but just to just to finish off, um, no, I think we had slides on today, Vic. We, we didn't talk about any yeah. of them. Yeah, but um, uh, I think these um, these are key elements. Some of it's around psychology, but it, it gives you the ability um, to actually manage yourself so that you can execute your trading plan. Um, so you know, if you're good at what you need to be good at, then you actually remove a lot of the doubt and the poor decision-making uh, that sort of compounds itself on top of itself. Um, you, know, you, you know, when did you get into a trade and you, and you, you just don't observe something that you're meant to observe? Um, for some people, that could be the just beginning of the end for them because mm. they can't accept the fact they're going to make a losing trade because they made a stupid decision on their way in. 
and they can't they, they can't accept that within themselves. And so they rather double down on their losses all the way to losing all their money uh, before actually going back and saying, yeah, it was because of stupid mistake at the start. Like, no, it can't be. I can't. I can't accept within myself that it's because of that stupid reason. Um, whereas um, the worst thing, sorry, Patrick, the worst thing is actually when you make money on that trade, you did something stupid, you doubled down on a trade you knew you shouldn't have, and you made money on that, and then you do it all again. That's the worst thing because then you actually think that you've done something right. Yeah, yeah, you've just been in a bad bit of bad behaviour. So, um, mm. so these are, you know, in terms of, um, you know, I think these are some good rules. And, I, and the next one, the next slide is, is um, uh, I think, just probably uh, taken out of um, trading in the zone, I think, um, and which is, a, which is a really good book. Um, and worth a worth a read, um, but you know, uh, you know, I, some of the stuff you know, I pay myself as the market makes money available to me. Um, you probably need to read and reflect a little bit on what we mean by that. Um, but uh, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on um, with people when they start trading, and they, if they're trading successfully. Um, just even coming to terms with, its, with the fact that it's possible and not um, uh, self-sabotaging um, uh, or getting confused by the fact that this is happening to me and I'm making money out of it and so forth. It's, it's interesting. So I think it's um, – uh, but they, they, these are some, I think, some really important things that you can say about yourself. I'm a consistent winner because I – objectively identify my needs, define the risk of every trade, accept the risk and I'm willing to let go of the trade. Uh, I act on my edge without reservation or hesitation. I pay myself the money that makes is available. I continually monitor my susceptibility for making errors and I understand the absolute necessity of these principles of consistent success and therefore I never violate them. Um, and I'm pretty, if, like, I'm pretty sure that most of what we talked about today is rolling through the, the those seven concepts in different ways. Um, but I, that, I think that um, it's worth having um, printing things like this out and rules and things like that and sticking them on your wall and um, and, and and reflecting on them. Uh, you know, and if, you're having, if, you, if you're, something's going wrong with your trading or you're going to do something and you're rushing into it, you don't need to rush into it. Um, you ask yourself these questions, and if you're getting, um, if you if you're falling short on any account, um, there's something that you need to go in and and, um, and manage and fix. You know, there's the, the something that that was quite interesting that I um, that I, I I sort of keep asking myself on on so many occasions. And you know how you interview traders, and they go through these massive highs and lows, and you know the, the guys that do well share this one thing where they they all seem a little bit cocky and a little bit you know they they tend to love themselves and interestingly enough there's been a lot of research done um yeah i can hear yeah sorry i just it just dropped out for me yeah sorry um there's been a lot of research done recently where um uh, you know, where, where people that reinforce uh, 
optimism to themselves. Yeah. Sorry, I think I just dropped. Hey, Ivan, just proceed. I can I can hear you. I can see that. No. Do you want to try that again, Ivan? No, he's not hearing me. I'm not sure if anyone can hear me. Uh, if anyone can hear me, please type in yes. Okay. So um, I uh, thanks, guys. So um, look, I'll wrap for Ivan because I think it, it's probably uh, sound issues in his area. Um, the uh, somewhat Jams just said uh, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Jam, for that feedback on the presentation. The ASX guys' presentations from last week. Um, yeah, uh, Graham O'Brien from the ASX must have been last week. So um, I will ask uh, Lockie, uh, who's on the session, Lockie, can you ask Danny to include in the email that we send with this tomorrow out to everyone that we include the slide, a link to the slide deck from last week's presentation because a few people will ask for it. Thanks, Lockie. Um, Okay, Nigel, did you have a question in there? Um, beautiful. Um, okay, look, guys, I think we'll call it to a close. Um, I think a few people are having issues with sound. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us today um, and for this conversation. I uh, hope you've got something out of it. Um, we'll send through uh, the slides on this as well if you want to have the rules that we've got, we've put together here. Uh, and a reflect on anything um, and uh, yeah thanks for taking the time and for anyone that would like a trial um, of the platform maybe because so many people type yes to different answers type, just type in 30 and we'll get you a 30-day trial um, thank you very much for all the feedback um, let me have a look okay uh, Samesh is going to try the platform yep um, and we'll just keep updating you on on things as we go um, but um, again, thank you very much for, for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And um, if any of you on the session tonight are experienced traders and want to share, uh, you know, put in and join us one night for a session. Um, we'll have someone on. We've got a couple of uh, really big traders that we want to get in. Uh, so uh, next week we'll have some one of those guys on, just managing schedules at the moment around everyone. So um, we'll get we'll have someone join us. Uh, a new trader come and join us next week. Otherwise, thank you and have a wonderful night. See you guys. Thank you very much. Dan, um, uh, thank you. Um, I'll follow up with you tomorrow um, and um, I'll give you a buzz to have a chat. Great to uh, have you online, Dan. Cheers.